Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Raza, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse with Grace of Her. One young woman's death at the hand of the morality police or gardens patrols, powerful autonomous organization in Iran who are tasked with enforcing the laws on Islamic dress code in public, has resulted in an eruption of anger and violence against the repressive state control in many cities across the country. For well over two weeks, disturbances during both day and at night show no sign of abating in what has become the most serious threat to the autocratic religious government in over 40 years of power. The death of 22-year-old Masha Amini has become the latest flashpoint for nationwide demonstrations against the male-dominated, misogynistic, fundamentalist orthodoxy encouraged Iranian women and women all over the world to remove and burn their headscarves and cut their hair to protest against the government's repressive hijab rules and then posting their actions on social media. Amini died after being arrested by Iranian Islamic morality police on suspicion of being improperly dressed by not correctly wearing a hijab, meaning that too much of her hair was being revealed. For further clarification, the police said Amini was arrested for the purpose of justification and education about the hijab and the correct method of wearing it. The Center for Human Rights in Iran, expounding on the decision, said the young woman from the city of Saquez in, in Kurdistan province had been visiting her family in the capital when she was arrested for her alleged inappropriate hijab. Switching into immediate post-mortem mode, Tehran police told the family that she died of a sudden heart attack. But her family says she had no known heart conditions. The authority denied she was mistreated, yet witnesses said they saw police severely beating up Amini inside a van where she had been taken. CCTV footage shows her collapsing in a security holding area after she stands up from a chair goes to speak to another woman, then holds her head with both hands, stumbles against a chair and collapses. In another clip, she is seen being carried away on a stretcher en route to hospital where she died three days later. A post-mortem later revealed that she arrived at the hospital in a coma and died from a brain tumor. Her family was told that she was being taken for re-education and would be released later that night, said Nilufa Hamedi, a journalist who took photographs at the hospital after Amini's death and was arrested on Thursday after her house was raided, according to the reporter's lawyer. On September 18, 2022, the day of Amini's funeral, Protests erupted in Iran with women removing their headscarves and waving them in the air to protest the hijab-wearing rules that led to the arrest of the 22-year-old. Wearing of the headscarf has been compulsory for women in Iran since just after the 1979 Islamic Revolution and the notorious morality police zealously enforced the strict dress code. Now, Muslim and Iranian women across the world are joining the protest.
by taking off their headscarves and cutting their hair and posting it on TikTok and Instagram. In one video viewed by over 1 million people, a woman can be seen cutting up her black headscarf with a pair of scissors. The caption under the video read, Exactly two years ago, I started wearing hijab. Today, I cut my hair for Masa Amini. The protests have grown over the past two weeks into an open challenge to the government's authority, with angry calls for the downfall of the Islamic Republic itself and the complete end to the cleric's authoritarian rule. Many Iranians, particularly the young, have come to see Amini's death as part of the state's heavy-handed policing of dissidents and the morality police's increasing violent treatment of young women. Death to the dictator has been a common cry in the protests, which are the most serious demonstrations since 2019, when disturbances erupted over a government hike in the price of fuel. With Iranians' event in the spotlight and international condemnation over the death of Amini across the media, Chief International Anchor for CNN, Christiana Amampo, walked away from a scheduled interview with Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi after she declined to wear a headscarf in his presence since the interview took place on U.S. soil and not in the country he heads. I couldn't agree to this unprecedented and unexpected condition, she explained. The journalist wrote beside a photo of Mr. Rice's empty chair. We are in New York, where there is no law or tradition regarding headscarves. I pointed out that no previous Iranian president has required this when I have interviewed them outside Iran. As protests continue and the people are being killed, it will have been an important moment to speak with President Raisi. She tweeted, Protests are sweeping Iran and women are burning their hijabs after the death of Masha Amini last week. Following her arrest by the morality police last night, I plan to ask President Raisi about all this and much more. Pity she never got the chance. Amini's death has drawn condemnation from Iranian celebrities, athletes and other public figures. Former pro-reform president Mohammed Katami said the behavior of the morality police was a disaster. While U.S. Special Envoy for Iran, Robert Marley, described the incident as appalling. Those responsible for her death should be held accountable, he added. Popular ex-footballer player Ali Karimi tweeted that while children of high-ranking officers are leaving the country, our children are dying. Criticism of the country's morality police is nothing new. In recent years, the powerful organization, which is in effect a law unto itself, had been condemned over its treatment of people, particularly young women, with videos online showing officers forcing women into police vehicles. Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, has supported a softer attitude towards women who are accused of not complying with the official dress code. Hardliners have called for much harsher punishment and even lashes, arguing that allowing women to show their hair leads to moral decay and the disintegration of families, blaming the decadent West for indoctrinating young Iranians. Since 2017, after dozens of women publicly took off their headscarves in a wave of protests, the authorities adopted tougher measures to curb dissidents from women 
who have had enough of being told how to live every moment of their waking lives. In the wake of the unrest, Iranian state-run news agency IRNA reported that President Raisi has asked Iranian Interior Ministry to investigate the cause of the incident with urgency and special attention. Both Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch have also called for criminal investigations into Amini's death. Germany's Foreign Minister Annalena, who was in who was in New York on Thursday for the UN General Assembly, condemned the crackdown and Germany would raise the violation of women's rights at the UN Human Rights Council. The brutal attack on the brave women in Iran is also an attack on humanity, she said. As a consequence of Amini's death. The United States has imposed sanctions on Iran's morality police and leaders of government agencies. The U.S. Treasury designated the leaders of the Iranian Ministry of Intelligence and Security, the Army's Ground Forces, the Basij Resistance Forces, and other law enforcement agencies for the sanctions, which denied them access of their properties and bank accounts held in the U.S. These officials oversee organizations that routinely employ violence to suppress peaceful protesters and members of Iranian civil society, political dissidents, women's rights activists, and members of the Iranian Baha'i community, the Treasury said in a news release. Unusually, Amini's distraught family have been particularly outspoken regarding the treatment meted out to their daughter by the police publicly admonishing those responsible for her death to media outlets and catching the authoritarian regime completely off guard, refusing to be silenced or being bought off with substantial bribes. Female political prisoners in Iran and even women who have no political affinities like Amini are victims of the country's ultra-conservative dress code and regularly run the risk of psychological torture at the hands of state enforcers. There were further protests and condemnation in August when an Iranian woman who was arrested for defying the toughened up hijab laws appeared on a state television to give what observers claimed was a forced confession that had been brutally beaten out of her. According to the US-based human rights activist news agency HRANA, Sapide Rashno was tortured by the police then taken to hospital with internal bleeding after arrest and before her appearance on television. The woman was arrested after she uploaded a video of her quarreling with a hijab enforcer, which then went viral. She was taken from a detention center to Talekwani Hospital in Tehran due to symptoms of internal bleeding caused by trauma. She also got an x-ray of her internal organs. The human rights organization said she was accompanied to hospital by a large number of guards during the night, a few days after her arrest because she was beaten in the abdomen to coerce her into televised confessions. According to witnesses, she had a low blood pressure and difficulty moving at the hospital and that security agents did not allow Rashno to talk to others and did not even leave her alone during the doctor's examination. In a move that was condemned by many activists, and people on social media. The state-run television, IRIB, aired on July 31st, the so-called Confessions of Rashno, a 28-year-old artist, writer, and editor who was arrested on July 16, 2022. In the first confession and apology, 
Rashno says she regrets her confrontation with the hijab enforcer and posting her video on social media. In the footage, she looked pale and subdued. She had dark circles around her eyes. There were clear signs of physical beatings on her face, says Carla Thompson of HRANA. It is clear that in addition to the psychological torture of being coerced into confessing, she had been physically beaten. It is understood that Rashno still remains in custody. Tara Seferi Far, a senior research in the Middle East and North Africa Division at Human Rights Watch, said forced confessions were intended to intimidate people and spread fear. But in the case of Rashno, it was unlikely to be effective because she was visibly pale. She was visibly tired. There was no effort put into trying to portray that this was a voluntary narrative. Iranian state media and outlet affiliated with the Revolutionary Guard, IRGC, have been publishing videos of forced confessions from women who have been arrested over their participation in an ongoing anti-hijab campaign. According to HRANA, forced confessions are on the rise with five women arrested in the days before and after 12th July for not observing the prescribed dress code, four of whom were forced to confess on state-controlled television. The confessions have provoked outrage and alarm among Iranians online. Groups of women's rights activists have gathered in Tehran, recently carrying placards asking, Where is Sebide Rashno? And a video was released of Iranian women reciting a poem called The Confession. Amini's death has pulled Iranians' apparatus of discipline back into the limelight, raising the question of accountability and impunity enjoyed by the country's clerical elite and the morality police. It will be hard to find an average Iranian woman or an average family who does not have a story of interaction with the morality police and re-education centers. That is how present they are, said Taran Safari Far. The morality police are a law enforcement force with access to power, arms and detention centers, she said. They also have control over the recently introduced re-education centers. The centers act like detention facilities where women and sometimes men are taken into custody for failing to comply with the state's rules on modesty. Inside the facilities, detainees are giving classes about Islam and the importance of the hijab and then forced to sign a pledge to abide by the state's clothing regulation before they are released. Since the creation of these re-education centers, which has no basis in any law, those who operate them have arbitrarily detained countless women under the pretense of not complying with the state's forced hijab. The women are then treated like criminals, booked for their offense, photographed and forced to take a class about how to wear a proper hijab and Islamic morality, he added. A number of anti-hijab movements emerge every few years in Iran, often leading to waves of arrest and persecution. This include the Girls of Revolution Street in 2017, as well as this year's brief social media protest on the country's National Hijab and Chastity Day, which is designed to be observed annually on July 12th to promote veiling. Disagreements have emerged on the issue of the compulsory hijab, both 
among citizens and within the leadership. Some say that Iran is slowly nearing a tipping point as the government faces mounting discontent over a crippling economy and skyrocketing inflation caused by U.S. sanctions. A minister seems to be uniting Iranians of different mindsets, says Safari Far adding that criticism over the incident is coming not just from the regime opponents, but also from citizens with no previous history of dissidents, as well as those who are close to power. Yet in the wider world, and particularly online, it is clear public opinion has turned on Iran, and in particular the country's leadership. Videos on social media showed a woman in Kemen province in southeast Iran cutting her hair in protest as the crowd chants, death to the detector. In other parts of the country, demonstrators chanted, we are the children of war, come on and fight. What has fundamentally changed this time is that the protesters aren't only calling for justice for Masha Amini, they are also calling for women's rights, for civil and human rights, for a life without a religious detectorship that they want to overthrow. While there is a sense that the regime may feel vulnerable, some question whether the current movement will expand or simply weaken in the face of a state crackdown. Tara Kangalo, author of The Heartbeat of Iran, and who grew up under the gaze of the morality police, cautioned, not only are these protests brutally cracked down on and contained each time, but there is no leadership. She says young Iranians have evolved within the oppressive system in order to live their lives, but the average Iranian is fed up. When it comes to the oppression of women's rights, the Iranian government is in a race to the bottom with other despotic and tyrannical regimes like Saudi Arabia in a Shia versus Sunni dogmatic misogyny contest that has the potential to tear society in both countries apart and possibly take much of the Middle East with them. Just about the only similarity these two countries have in common is the severity of the persecution of women. In anticipation of the 1979 revolution, many Iranian women did support Ayatollah Khomeini and many, and many of them expected that their progress towards equality would continue. The revolution brought out masses of Iranian women who were demonstrating for the abolition of the monarchy and for an Islamic republic. They believed that a republic would give them total equality, removing all existing obstacles for the participation of women in the affairs of the state. In the excitement of that revolution, nobody paid much attention to what Ayatollah Khomeini was actually saying was exiled in Paris. He said women will have a role in the society, but within an Islamic framework. Nobody in those days bothered to ask, what is the Islamic framework? Even at the time, it was accepted that in the Islamic Republic, men would be able to divorce their wives and just notify them arbitrarily. And child custody was taken away from women. Men could marry more than one permanent wife and as many temporary wives as they wanted. Men could prevent their wives from going out in the streets, meeting friends, attending any events as they decided, and from working. If a woman is sexually assaulted, the onus of proof is placed on her to prove that she actually was raped. And if she cannot adequately prove a claim of rape, it is she who could well be charged with adultery 
which is a capital crime and carries the death penalty. The progress that women had made prior to the revolution in 1979 came to an abrupt end and it was they who were the first sacrificial lambs of the new regime. Very staggering number of executions, deaths in custody and outright disappearances of not just universally accepted criminal elements but political prisoners, gays, women who are guilty of nothing more than protesting, dress violations and being women in an extremely puritanical Islamic Republic. In addition, tens of thousands of people are incarcerated for committing a whole catalogue of perceived offences against the state, violating what has been referred to as a program of Islamization from the ground up, which has seen a resurgence of gardens, patrol activities and a crackdown on any perceived Western influence on Iranian society. Professor Ali Ansari, a specialist in Middle Eastern politics at St. Andrews University, said the tightening of hijab rules was part of a systematic wider pattern of repression within Iran that had worsened in the year since the election of President Ibrahim Raisi in August 2021. State security had become pretty severe across the board, Ansari told the Guardian. The women's movement is represented as a threat to national security because it represents a breakdown in social norms and Western influence penetrating society. Raisi, who is more hardline than his predecessor, Hassan Bahani, took office at a time of economic crisis after the reintroduction of sanctions by the U.S., and a wave of protests against crippling inflation. He also signed a subsequent order to enforce the country's dress code law with a new list of restrictions and encouraging the police intensify warnings to women about their clothes and hairstyles. In November 2021, there was also the introduction of a bill which restricts access to abortion and contraception in an attempt to increase Iranians' falling birth rate as part of political process aiming to put women back in the house. There have also been recent reports that three women were arrested for dancing in public. 33 hairdressing salons were shut down and 1,700 people were summoned to law enforcement centers or arrested for reasons related to the hijab, wearing other variants of improper clothing and unspecified violations after the introduction of a national hijab and chastity day in July. This continuing hardline approach, which continues to intensify, clearly illustrates a surge in crackdowns against women, the group the increasingly paranoid state feels most threatened by. The Iranian expatriate Mashil Alinejad, a journalist, activist and dissident, described the arrests as an act of terror. Alinejad spearheaded the White Wednesday movement, which began in 2014 and encouraged women to wear white and discard their headscarves. She was the target of a kidnap attempt in 2021 and last month a man the rifle was arrested outside her house in New York. The morality police and gardens patrols, also known as fashion police or morality police, are a quasi-vice squad and Islamic religious police whose function is to arrest and detain those who violate the dress code and displays of personal expression in public places.
This surveillance unit usually consists of a van with a male crew accompanied by chandler-clad complicit females who patrol around busy public places such as shopping centers, squares and subway stations to reprimand and detain women not wearing hijab or wearing them incorrectly. They are driven to a correctional facility or police station, lectured on how to dress and almost always released to male relatives the same day. Both men and women are also subject to interrogation regarding almost any aspect of their visual appearance. Yet many citizens vehemently object to what they see as the heavy-handed and ultra-authoritarian presence of morality police interfering with their lives and their lack of respect for citizens' freedom and dignity. They should enforce the law by concentration on serious criminality. It's considered obscene for a woman to wear her hair uncovered in public Although some women in fashionable, wealthier neighborhoods can push the boundaries if they feel lucky and can get away with it, even though these women are a specific target for morality police. Even the mannequins in shop windows and on display must have their heads and curves appropriately covered. In Iran, it's illegal for anyone to purchase a women's fashion magazine like Vogue or Cosmopolitan. Men and women alike are subject to very strict rules regarding personal expression and deportment. The authorities object to images of women in provocative attire and immoral content of a sexual nature. In 2010, Iran's cultural ministry published a list of approved hairstyles in order to eliminate what were deemed to be representative of the decadent West. Having any kind of unorthodox haircut is strictly outlawed. Tattoos are banned. Makeup is outlawed entirely for men. And too much makeup can get a woman in trouble. As for anyone, male or female, accused of what is defined as sexual deviance, gay, lesbian, cross-dressing, trans, etc., the likelihood is that they will disappear into one of the country's many notorious prisons, and become a victim of prolonged incarceration, torture, or death. Corruption in Iran has been endemic since the birth of the Islamic Revolution in 1979. It has increased exponentially in the subsequent decades, despite the country's being governed by supposedly strict morality codes. Transparency International 2021 Corruption Perception Index ranks the country in 150th place out of 180 countries on a scale where lower-ranked countries are perceived to have a more honest public sector. Iran is currently in the middle of its deepest economic and legitimacy crisis since the inception of the Islamic Republic over four decades ago. At the root of this twin crisis, is a long period of political decay which has slowly but consistently eroded all three institutions that constitute modern governance, namely the state, rule of law and accountability. Political decay occurs when governmental institutions, which were created in the past under different circumstances, fail to adjust to underlying changes in the society and economy. Corruption is known to accelerate political decay by distorting resource allocation and incentivizing powerful players to block reforms to protect their vested interests. 
companies operating or planning to invest in Iran face a very high risk of corruption, a powerful system of political patronage, nepotism and cronyism pervade all sectors of the economy. Irregular payments and bribes are often exchanged to obtain services, permits or public contracts. Successive governments have attempted to address the need to curtail corruption but have consistently failed to exert enough pressure on hardliners in control of key state institutions, including the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and the judiciary. While there are multiple laws in place that criminalize various forms of corruption in both the public and private sectors, they are not effectively enforced in practice and impunity is pervasive and almost guaranteed. For over 40 years, women in Iran have been treated as inferior, second-class citizens. There is little or no authority, rights or freedoms. Their lives, dictated by a patriarchy that controls every aspect of their lives in the public sphere and much of their private lives too. It is clear that many men vehemently disagree with the restrictions placed on women that are issued by the fundamentalists and religious zealots in the regime who feel that it is God God-forsaken right to suppress women and keep them in their place. Over 60% of the population is under 30 and both men and women are educated to a high level, desperate to be part of the global community. But change in Iran is in the air as it has been for many years. The difference now is that dissident against the retrogressive religious orthodoxy has reached a watershed moment. The death of one young woman at the hands of the regime's enforcer thugs have tipped much of the country into open revolt against the government and many see as a barbarous, discriminatory and intensely corrupt system. However, it won't give up its privileged an entrenched position even though it has outlived its time and is on the wrong side of history and will eventually fall as all oppressive regimes do. It is to be expected that many more people will die in the name of justice, equality and freedom before the goal is finally achieved. Raza says, fight on Iranian sisters and supportive brothers too. Democracy beckons and you'll be welcomed back into the world with open arms. Power to the Iranian people. If you've been affected by this piece, kindly send an email or a comment to risingaboveshadowsofabuse at gmail.com. Kindly subscribe, comment, share and leave a review. See you on our next episode. This has been Grace Opa for Raza. Rising above shadows of abuse. Thank you. If you've got any questions or inquiries, you can get in touch rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com or our social media platforms rising above shadows of abuse at TikTok rising above shadows of abuse, Twitter rising above abuse, YouTube. Rising Above Shadows of Abuse.